Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Fuel Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Fuel Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. Are you ready for the Word today? Well, hey, we're in um, week three of our I Heart My Church series, and we've been talking about the purpose and the function of the church, the fact that Jesus is the great builder of his church. Someone say, Jesus is the great builder. Last week, I heard that I possibly could be out of a job because I heard my wife, Tara, crushed it with her message entitled, Make Space. Did you enjoy Tara last week? Come on, give it up for my wife. Appreciate her covering. As I was in New Jersey preaching to about 700 young people from New York and New Jersey, we had a blast at the Fuel Student Conference. If you didn't catch her message last week, I encourage you to go online. It is available on our podcast and on our website. But today I want to talk with you about the number one reason that I love my church. Is that all right today? Uh, Now, there are a lot of reasons I love my church. You've heard some of them on the videos we've been playing. I love my church because of the great people. I believe you're great people. Amen? Do you believe that? I do. I believe I love my church because it serves the least, right? It goes in and reaches those who are hurting, those who need help. I love my church because it's making a difference. Amen? We're just not here to make a statement. We're here to make a difference right? In our community. I I love my church because the worship team rocks. Come on, give it up for our worship team. Do you guys enjoy them? I enjoy them. I love my church because it's generous. It's always looking for an opportunity to help someone else out to give to other people. I love my church because it's crazy about reaching the next generation of our kids and our students. Amen. And I do have to admit, I love my church because of the free coffee, Dad. I do. Come on. Someone say, coffee is good. I believe coffee and Jesus go hand in hand, friends. So that's just my convictions, my personal belief. Don't ask me to fast coffee. (laughs) I love it. But I want to talk about the reason that I really love this church. Number one reason, as I was prepping this week and thinking about the church, Fuel Church, I think the number one reason I love this place is because it's a place where faith grows, right? Someone say, faith grows here. My faith grows here, right? Your faith grows here. Uh, The lost person's faith grows here. The skeptic, the agnostic, the atheist, the hurt, the wounded, the addicted, The rich, the poor, the black, the white, the educated, the uneducated, the single, the married, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles. This is a place where faith is built. This is a place where faith is expanded and where it grows. I want to talk to you today about growing faith. Can you say that with me? Growing faith. See, this is a place where I've learned this about God, that you cannot play it safe and please God. This is a place where I've learned as long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. 
This is a place where I've learned that to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. This is a place where I've learned that faith isn't based on an outcome. It's based on an outlook. I'm going to say that part again. Faith is not based on an outcome. I'm not waiting to get victory. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm already celebrating victory. We're not, we're not trying to get victory. We're standing in a place of victory because of what Jesus done. That was the outcome. Now my outlook is faith. Can I preach to you today in this purple coat? I feel my help coming. Come on, somebody. Where's my organ up in here? This is a place where each person has an opportunity to have growing faith. Right? And, and, and that is the essence of what the gospel is about. Amen? So let's go to our scriptures, Colossians 2, before I get all caught up. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Check it out. You see it here on the screens. It says this, and now just as you accepted, someone say accepted, Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue. Someone say continue. To follow him. Someone say follow. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Be built on who? Him. Okay. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thanksgiving. Amen. You will overflow with thanksgiving or thankfulness. You see... We are on a journey, church, and we say this a lot here. You hear me say it. We're on a journey, and we're on a, this journey following Jesus. We're, we're not here to follow uh, the latest trend. We're not here uh, to follow our church name, our pastor, our leadership. We're here to follow Jesus because in reality, no church can change you from the inside out. Amen. No church name and no pastor can change you. It's Jesus who changes us from the inside out. Amen. And, and so I love this scripture because Paul is writing. And he says, listen, take notice. I need you to build your life on him. Him who? Jesus and his word. I need you to build your life on Jesus. If you want to have growing faith, I need you to build your life on Jesus. And as we do, our faith will grow. How does it grow? Number one, when we accept. Someone say accept. Throw that scripture back up real quick, guys. Someone say accept. If you've accepted Jesus into your heart, the Bible says you are now saved. You're a new creation. Amen? What does Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 says this. I got it somewhere in my notes. For it is by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. It is by what? Grace. It is grace. It is, it is a gift that we didn't deserve. We can't earn it. But it is received by faith. Someone say faith. So when God's grace and your faith collide, come on, somebody, look out. Hmm? You see, 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 it took your faith to receive his grace. Let it sink in. Just as you accepted Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus as Lord. You must continue to what? So if I have accepted him, right? Now the next word is what? Follow. Someone say follow. follow. I've accepted. I've followed him now. I follow his example. 
I follow him. Notice it doesn't say um, we, we, that, that, that we have arrived to this place of perfection. No, we're following. Why? Because we still have imperfections in our life and we're following the leader, the one who is perfect. We're imperfect. He's perfect. So we follow him on this journey until you get to heaven. You say, when am I going to get it all right? When am I going to stop sinning? When you go to heaven. Come on, somebody. Some of you beat yourself up too much. You beat yourself up. You, you give yourselves a black eye. You're like, boom, boom, boom. I can't ever get it right. Listen, we're not going to see perfection until we get into the presence of Jesus. Until then, you keep following. You keep following. We follow. We, we accept. Someone say accept. Now we follow. Then we build. Someone say build. And the next thing we do is we listen. Someone say listen. Sounds like a lot of action words, right? Sounds like a lot of things that we have to do. You see, God already did what he was called to do. That was to bankrupt heaven of his only begotten son, to be crucified upon a cross for our sins, for our failures, for our sickness and our disease and our poverty. He said, he said I'll show you what love is. It hangs like this. This is the definition of love. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He, he did his part. Now we must accept. We must follow. We must build. And we must listen in order to have growing faith. I hope you're hearing this. This is just introduction. Stay with me. In order to have growing faith. Someone say growing faith. It says when you, when you're, when you do these things, because these all demand a co- corresponding action. They all demand it. The Bible says faith without action or works is dead. So we got to do our part. So we say, well, I come to church. I just don't feel like I'm growing. Well, I went to this church and I didn't get anything out of it. Well, you went to the, to the gym once and you didn't get anything out of that. Second time telling that joke, but still laugh. Come on, you got the t-shirt, you're paying the 20 bucks a month, I'm there, right? I haven't been to the gym for about three weeks, I'm struggling right now. I go the first Monday of the month, why? Because that's when they serve pizza. <laughs> Daddy didn't raise no fool. <laughs> what, part of, what part of that don't you understand? A gym that serves pizza? That's Jesus to me. Sign me up. So I pay my 10 bucks a month for the pizza once a month. <laughs> Sounds crazy, right? And then once in a while, I get motivated, and I go to the gym. <laughs> and I work out, and I'm sore for three days, and then I don't go back for another three months. But anyway, that's my struggle. Pray for me. I know you're faithful every week to do the gym thing, but not me. So, 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 we accept, we follow, we build, we listen. And what that equals is a life of thanksgiving, is a life of thankfulness. Some of you are so grumpy Oh, I didn't mean to go there this soon. This is the introduction, Holy Spirit. Let me, let me pat it a little bit. Hmm. I've learned this, that anything that grows needs water. How many of you are an expert? You could probably have a TV show about it. How many of you are an expert at killing flowers and plants? Yeah, we got some honest people up in here. Good for you. Like you bring the flower home and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Three weeks later, that thing dead. Um, you're supposed to water that thing. Uh, you can't just look at it and say, grow. 
Grow. You can't read a book about it and have it grow. You can't get online and have it grow. You have to take the cup of water, the pitcher of water. You have to pour it on the plant in order for it to grow. It's your responsibility. Church, newsflash, it's your responsibility to grow your faith. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. It's not even my responsibility to grow your faith. It's not even the church's responsibility to grow your faith. It's your responsibility. If you want to grow water, your life with the word. Amen? Part of that is coming to church and assembling. We believe in that. that that's biblical, right? Don't forsake yourselves. But you have to do something besides just coming to church once a week in order to have growing faith. We heard the statement, the grass is always greener on the other side. No, the grass is always greener where you water it. That's why this is your 10th church in 2016 you went to. Well, I'm not growing there. No, 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 no. you, you, You grow if you water your grass, right? Hmm? Can't get no help up in this Presbyterian church. Hmm. Question. Have you been waiting on God to do something in your life? Maybe God is waiting on you to do something. Selah. That means let it sink. Maybe, maybe God is waiting on you to do something first. Have you, ever, have, have you ever felt an unction from God to do something, but then you never followed through with it? And then you prayed for something else, but God didn't do it? Wonder. He's waiting for you to follow through on what he told you to do first. See, we, we, we like to jump stages with God. We like to jump steps with God, and God says, no, just one step at a time. Because the steps of a good man or woman is what I order, not the leaps, not the runs, not the sprints. It's the steps. It's one day at a time is what causes your faith to grow. And God says, I I, I need you to take the initiative. Someone say initiative in growing your faith. Question, church, is your faith growing today right now where you sit? Do you have growing faith or is it stagnant? Is it dead? Because Jesus desires for each of us to have growing faith as we accept him as Lord and Savior, as we follow his example, as we build upon the foundation of God's word, as we hear the word, it equals growing faith. Now, there are two times in the Bible that Jesus was amazed by faith. Listen to this. First time is recorded in Luke chapter 7, verse 9, and it's the story of the centurion soldier who was about to die, and he was a distance from Jesus, and one of his men sent word to Jesus, hey, I, we, we need you to come. Here's a man who, who, who protects our nation, and he's a great man, a devout man, and, and we need you to come heal him. And so Jesus is on his way, and as he is on his way, another one of the servants come and say, you know what? The centurion soldier said, you don't need to come, Jesus. All you need to do is speak the word to your servant, and he said he would be healed if you just speak the word. Stay with me. The Bible says this, Jesus speaking. I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Jesus was amazed by his great faith. Story number two. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, Jesus returns to his hometown. You would think in his hometown of Nazareth, come on, he's hanging with the crew. He's back to the local store. Come on, he's shopping at Meyer and Walmart. Come on now. Work with me. And the Bible says this, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick folk and heal them. It goes on to say that he was amazed at their unbelief. So the first story, Jesus was amazed at, their, at the man's great faith. Someone say great faith. Second story, Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Which category do you fall in? Either way, Jesus is amazed, either by your great faith or your lack of faith. Which is it? Which is it, church? I love James chapter 2, verse 18 through 20. I'm paraphrasing those three verses. It says this, show me your faith without doing anything, and I will show you my faith by what I do. I love this part. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Let's read that last part. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. One more time. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Hmm. You and I are required to take the initiative when it comes to growing our faith. When you take the initiative and you step out in faith, you can hold on to the promises of God and know that he will give you the strength to do what he is asking you to do. How do we take that initiative? Who wants to know how we take that? Well, let's close up and go home then, folks. Who wants to know how we take that initiative? I got four points in a poem. No, I don't got the poem, but I do got four points. First point is this. We obey God immediately. If we're going to have growing faith, we're going to have to learn to obey God immediately because the truth is faith and obedience are interlocked. You can't have one without the other. Because God always requires us to obey him. Someone say obey. Obey Obey God immediately. Obey him wholeheartedly. This means whatever God asked me to do, I'll do it without reservation or hesitation. A lot of times we procrastinate, right? And we say, God, I'll pray about that, right? Newsflash, we don't need to pray about what God has already told us to do. Well, I'm just going to pray about if I should be faithful to my wife. No, you're supposed to be faithful to your wife. Well, Solomon had 600. Yeah, that was Old Testament. We ain't going back there, buckaroo. Well, well, I'm just going to pray about whether, you know, I need to go to church faithfully. No, you don't need to pray about that. You don't need to pray. It's in his word. He already said it. Why are you questioning God? Why are you doubting God when he already said it? No, you don't need to pray. It, 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 pray about the fact that, you know, it, oh, I just think, you know, I, I'm going to pray about God. Do you want me to be blessed or not? No, he wants you to be blessed. He, he already said it in his word. I wish above all that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. We don't need to pray about what God has already told us to do. What if your kid, how many moms do I have? Shout out to all the moms. Say what's up. Thank you for cleaning and cleaning and doing our dirty laundry and cleaning the house and cooking. Come on, moms. Shout out to you. It ain't Mother's Day. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you a shout out. And I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Help me out, folks. I'm in a purple jacket. I'm sweating profusely. Dear Lord, about to throw this thing off. Ooh, you like the liner? 
your kid came to you, mommy, and said, after you said, Johnny, I want you to clean the room. Mother, I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> what if he said that? Wouldn't that be funny? Not really. You'd smack him in the next week. <laughs> I'm going to pray about that, mommy. I want you to be nice to your, to your brother. I'm going to pray about that. How many times do we do that with God? We don't obey God immediately. He told us to bring the whole tithe into his house. We don't do it. Oh, I didn't mean to talk about that. Let's go back to the notes. Let's go back to the notes. Let's, let's stay to the script, guys. Huh? Huh? How many have kids who have delayed obedience? You know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. Um, um, mom says, uh, come to dinner. Come to dinner, Susie. Come to dinner. And, and the first game that kids play is this. They play the death game, right? Right, right. She says it like five times. Come to dinner. No response. Come to dinner, Susie. John, come to dinner. I said come to dinner. Oh, I didn't hear you, Mom. Right? We play the deaf game. Um, um, we do that with God, too, don't we, as adults? I didn't hear you, God. I've learned this. God is always talking loud and very clear. It's just we're not always listening. Oh, I came to preach you happy today. You look so sad. Somebody smile real big. You show off those pearly whites. Come on. And so we play the death game with God. The second game kids play is this. Um, let, let's just imagine mom is talking to someone else. Oh, none of your kids do that? Okay. I'll, I'll talk about my kids. Uh, 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 Tara will say, all right, Isaiah. Now, our other two kids' names aren't similar to Isaiah. It's Claire and Faith. So he's not getting it mixed up, friends. He's the only boy in the house, right, besides Rocky, our dog. And she's not calling Rocky to dinner, okay? He already ate, all right? Isaiah, come to dinner. She says it over and over. Isaiah, I said come to dinner. Oh, I didn't know you were talking to me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't know. We imagine mom is talking to someone else, and we do this with God, don't we? Oh, I didn't know, God, that that scripture was for me. I thought it was for someone else. I thought I could sleep and creep around. You know what I'm saying? thought I could shack up. I, I didn't know that that meant I had to be holy. Oh, I didn't know that, God. I didn't know you were talking to me to have integrity and character and business. Oh, I, I didn't know I had to treat people right. Oh, I didn't know that, God. I thought that was for my neighbor. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't know that. Hmm. Just on point one. <laughs> Got three more points. It may get better. So we justify our disobedience, don't we? And we, we don't obey God immediately when he already said it. Every, every parent knows that delayed obedience is really disobedience. And when we delay our obedience, we are doubting and questioning God. The truth today is if God said it, God means it. And if the book was written over 2,000 years ago, there's one thing that does not change. I know our culture changes, and I know our nation's changing is going to continue to change. And I know politics are changing by the second. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh real big, because it's funny. It's hilarious right now, folks. 
But I'm going to tell you one thing that will not change. The truth of God. You cannot change truth, people. And if God said it, God meant it, and I'm going to obey it immediately. I'm talking about growing faith. How many want to grow your faith? Come on, let's grow, let's grow together. We're all at different places and spaces on this journey, but we can all grow together, and it's our responsibility to grow. God really doesn't owe us an explanation or reason for everything he asked us to do. I've learned that instant obedience will teach you more about God than a lifetime of Bible discussions. Instant obedience. In fact, you will never understand some commandments and some things he put in that word until you first obey them because obedience unlocks understanding. You can write that down. Obedience unlocks understanding. See, you're waiting to understand everything. (laughs) Faith doesn't work that way, friends. Faith doesn't work that way. Obey, and then you'll understand. Amen? Often we try to offer God partial obedience, don't we? And I've done this, I mean, how many times? We want to pick and choose parts of the Bible that we obey. We make a list of the commandments we like. And we obey those while ignoring the ones we think that are unreasonable, difficult, expensive, or unpopular. I'll attend church, but I ain't giving anything to the church. I'll read my Bible, but I'm not forgiving that person who hurt me. I'll come to one of the new services, but I'm too busy to serve in the other one. I'll love my friends and hang out with them, but I won't treat my spouse that way. You could hear a cricket right now up in here. Yet partial obedience is disobedience. I'm, I'm coming from the Bible. It's not my opinion, folks. It's, it's the word. If God says it, I'm just going to do it. I, I know I won't always have the feeling to do it, but we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. So if it's in his word, then I'm going to step out and obey. Even sometimes obedience hurts. Point number two, if we're going to have growing faith, we're going to have to obey God completely. All right? So we're going we're gonna to obey God immediately. Then we've got to obey God completely. Psalms 119.4 says this, Lord, you gave me your orders to be obeyed completely. Obeying God completely only comes through surrender. Someone say surrender. surrender. Only in surrender do we obey God completely. Surrender is the only way to live. Nothing else works. All other approaches lead to frustration and disappointment and self-destruction. So give it to God completely. Your hurt, what they said to you, what they did to you. Give it to God, your past, your present, your future, your problems, your fears, your dreams, your weaknesses, your habits, hurts, and hang-ups. Give it to God completely. Because that's what he wants is surrender. Hmm? Put, put Christ in the driver's seat once and for all in your life. Stop trying to drive. Get out of the driver's seat and stop being in the passenger seat, grabbing the wheel, trying to control your life. Obey God completely, friends. I, I remember the story, Dad, when Mom and Dad got saved. Mom got for, saved first, and then Dad got saved in jail. He got out of jail. Mom said, all right, we're going to church. They go to church, and that first Sunday, dad's fresh out of the penitentiary. Come on, I had to say it that way. I felt the spirit of Tupac come on me right there. <laughs> you feel that? I've been watching too many documentaries, baby. 
He came out of jail. Came out of jail. And, and, and they're sitting at Pastor Minky's church, Lima, Ohio. What was the name of the church? New Hope Christian Center. The pastor gets up and says, all right, guys, it's time that we bring our tithes and offerings to God. Dad looked at mom and said, what's a tithe? He just got saved. What's a tithe? And then he said, do we have a tithe? He's asking her honest questions. He just got saved. He didn't know. The guy says, bring your tithes, and he's searching for a tithe. He's like, I don't have a tithe. Or, no, tithe. (laughs) I don't have it. And then mom began to tell him, well, this is what the Bible says. And mom's like, so we're going to do that? He said, well, if it's in the Bible, we're going to do it. We're going to obey God completely. We're not going to argue with God on whether we should do it or not. If he said it, then that settles it. Obey God completely. It's the small steps in obeying God completely that lead to the big steps of faith. Last week, I was in a room full of teenagers that didn't look like me, that didn't act like me. Actually, Joe and I were probably the only two white people in that building. (laughs) It was awesome. I told when I went to preach, I said, I wish the media would come and film this because I see African-American next to Latino and I see Latino next to Chinese and Chinese next to Japanese and, and I see all these different races worshiping one God all under the banner of Jesus Christ. I only seen one color, and that was the blood. That was the red blood of Jesus Christ worshiping. And here I was sitting in the midst of this auditorium full of young people who were expressing their relationship with God in a lot different ways than we do and a lot different ways than the kids do in this area, through hip-hop and through the arts and and through dance and, and just... That's how they express, and I loved it. I I sat there, and I weeped. I weeped as my friend took the mic to preach, and he talked about stepping out in faith, and he put a quote of mine up on the screen, and he said, you see this guy right here, Jacob Burgai, he had a dream, and his his, his wife and him had a vision that one day you would be sitting here. And you would be experiencing Jesus in a real relevant way through hip-hop and through bands and through speakers and through the arts. And because he stepped out, because they believed the word of God, it was a small step that is making a big difference. Now, six years later, we've been able to minister to around seven to 8,000 different teenagers through the Fuel Student Conference in the last six years. But it was one small step of obedience that God required out of us. It was a small step that made a big difference. What is your small step today, friends? I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, maybe it's really getting planted. You've accepted Jesus, but you're not building your life. You're not really growing. Maybe it's you say, I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to get planted in the house of God because God said it and I'm going to obey. Maybe it's a step of, you know what, I'm going to be faithful in my giving. I, I've never really been that faithful, but if God said it, I'm just going to obey and leave the rest to God. How, how am I going to pay? No, no, I'm just going to obey. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender. If God said it, I'm going to do it. Huh? Maybe it's serving on a team. We're in a great season right now of growth, and, and many of our teams need more people. Many people are being stretched and serving on two or three different teams, and 
Some, someone's out there saying, man, I could, I could help alleviate that. I could serve on a team. I, I could do that. I don't know what your obedience is today. I, I don't know what small step God is asking you to do, but I know he's asking us all to do something. That's how we have growing faith. Well, I, I'm the type of person I like to figure it all out. Me too. Me too. But I've learned that Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If I'm in control of my life, friends, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Because in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And in your flesh, your flesh stinks too. Well, don't be acting all holy with your halo crooked on your horns. Some of you get that on the ride home old Rob Parsley joke. Number three, if we're going to have growing faith, we're going to obey God joyfully. I got 46 seconds to get two more points. It's going to be a miracle, but we can do it. We're going to obey God joyfully if we're going to have growing faith. God doesn't want grumpy people obeying him. Newsflash, put a smile on your face. Newsflash, if you're serving in this church, put a smile on your face. Serve, give, attend church joyfully because who wants to be around an unjoyful Christian? Not me. Imagine how unchurched people come to our church sometimes and there's a few grumpy people here. I'm not pointing to anybody. I'm not even looking at anybody. I'm looking at this new concrete floor actually. And there's a few grumpy people here and I'm, I, I can imagine the unchurched person when they encounter that grumpy person. How they say in their mind, man, if this is what serving Jesus is about, man, I'm checking out. I don't want to be a part of this because I got grumpiness at home with my, with my husband, <laughs> with my wife, with my kids. It's crazy there. I came to here to find hope and joy and peace. And y'all are walking around grumpy and fighting. Can't get no help. Obey God joyfully. Obey God joyfully. Someone say obey God joyfully. We're going to obey God what? What's the first point? Immediately. We're going to obey God completely. We're going to obey God joyfully. And the fourth point is this. We're going to obey God continually. We're going to keep doing it. Because the only way we got in this walk was by obeying God. He said we were a sinner. He said he paid the price for our sins. We obeyed him and we confessed with our mouth and we believed in our heart and we were saved. By grace through faith. It took your faith to encounter God's grace in order for you to be following Jesus Christ. You had faith enough to know that I'm messed up. My life screwed up and I need a savior. And you encountered his grace and love. Obey God continually. It becomes a lifestyle. Following Jesus isn't a 50-yard dash, friends. It's a lifelong marathon. It's not always easy, but it's always beneficial. You mean I should give up my time, my talent, my treasure when I'm in need myself? Yeah, because I've learned this, that your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God. Your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God. What is your greatest need right now? What is it? Is it financial? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your job? What is it? Your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God. 
Take the initiative, friends. Obey God continually. Moses kind of struggled with this in Exodus chapter 3, didn't he? There were seven scriptures in there where Moses is having this argument with God. Have you ever argued with God? Yeah, I have. God's telling Moses, I need you to go deliver the children of Israel from the Egyptian bondage. I need you to do this. I need you to say this to Pharaoh. And seven different times, Moses says, I, I, I can't do it. I'm afraid of the people, he says. Excuse. Then he comes and he says, I, I, I can't talk right. I stutter. I stutter. I get my words mixed up, God. I, I can't go talk to Pharaoh. Excuse. And he says, they won't even believe me. What, what, who do I tell them sent me? You know, I'm going to this great empire, this great King Pharaoh who's got servants upon servants, and they're going to laugh at me. His last excuse was, God, find someone else, because I'm not the man for the job. I'm not the man. I can identify with Moses. Find someone else, God. I'm not the person for this. I don't know if you can. Maybe you're a mother, a single mother, a single father. I don't know. Maybe you can identify with, I'm not the person for this. Why did you choose me? Maybe you have a special needs kids and you say, God, why me? I don't know what it is for you. I don't know the struggle you're facing in your home right now. I don't know the physical attacks that you've had. I know for me, it's been real. I know for that man, it's been real. I don't know what it is for you. And maybe you said, God, why me? Why did you choose me? I like to tell you, friends, why not you? Why not you to raise that special needs child? Why not you to fight for your marriage? Why not you to fight through that physical battle? Why not you to serve God's house in that capacity? Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? The only thing that God wanted out of Moses was this. Obedience. Obedience, friends. Obedience. Because obedience and faith, they go hand in hand. So as we accept him, as we follow Jesus, as we build our life upon that rock, he said, I will build my church upon that rock. As we hear his word every week, our faith begins to grow. As we are obedient to his word, our faith expands. And just like a muscle, the more you work it, the bigger it gets. So the trial you're facing right now, you're going to look back on in a year and say, <laughs> My faith muscle's a little bigger right now. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Me and my family, we're going to be okay. Because you can look over your left shoulder and you can look over your right shoulder and you can say, I have a history of victory. My God has never failed me and he never will. Stand with me, church. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. 
you've messed up, I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.